Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Welcome back to Projector Lunchcast episode 6 today. And for the first time we have a small lineup change. Uh, Matt has been uh, retired because he thinks pro evolution soccer is better than FIFA. Matt's taken a, he's eating lunch elsewhere. Yes, Matt is eating out. He'll be back soon. We send him Matt's, to the farm. Matt will be back very soon from vacation. But to replace Matt we have Nick with us today. Hello Nick. Hello Marcel. And uh, the reason we asked Nick to join us is that he was the first ever person to write an email with feedback to our uh, email, which is projectorlunchcast at gmail.com. Fun fact, Nick is 100% of the feedback we've received. So <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> he's, a, he's a power supporter, friend of the podcast. He's a, he's a heavy user. Like a we have also someone commenting directly on Potbean. That's true. Yeah, I was, so I was we have two speaking, people. speaking oh, wow. strictly of the email. Everybody okay, else, okay. thank you for your comments. Um, I didn't mean to belittle your contributions. Yeah, like there's a couple of people uh, we, we can shout out for the feedback. There is uh, Kevin on uh, uh, on the Podbean with his comments. There exactly. is uh, Auge or Alejandro on uh, Twitter who frequently give us feedback. And there is Nick. And now the reason we, we brought in Nick is because conveniently he works at the same place as we do, which makes it really easy to just grab him from his desk and be like, Nick, we're doing a podcast. Kidnap now. Nick. Oh, right. Yeah. So, um, you're slightly younger than the rest of us. Slightly. <laughs> like a decade or more. What was the first game you ever played in your life? Oh, Jesus, that's, that's mean. Is that that's the yeah, game? Yeah, that's the name yeah, of the game. Name yeah. of the game, oh, Jesus Obviously. says mean. Uh, Jesus said mean. I mean, the first like, game, like the first console I owned was the, the gray Game Boy. But okay, well, that's, that's an old console. Yeah, yeah but, but I, like, I never owned a Game Boy to show off. Are you talking like you, you, you grabbed onto a family member's Game Boy like as a toddler? Kind of. It was the okay. brother of a friend of mine, uh-huh. and he kind of left it out in the rain. It was like kind of broken, but still works. <laughs> this is like Field of Dreams. Yeah, there. it was amazing. And then I got a Game Boy Color with Pokemon Red. So Again, like, I was expecting yeah, yeah. consoles. Like, yeah, it was yeah, a, my first console was a PS3. I think the game will come out when I was, I was like, expecting him to say something like my first console was an Xbox and my first game was Halo 2. That's you. Yeah, yeah that's totally you. Uh, my origin story. Yeah. <laughs> my origin story. When did the Game Boy Color come out? <sighs> I think it was 14 before my time. Or, or 13 or something. Really? That late? What? No. 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 Well, yeah. By that time, Wrong had, like, had the Nintendo DS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean 13, 14 years ago? Or no, when I was 14. 13, 14 years old. Oh, yeah. oh, that's so relatable. Anybody even know when you were 13? I, I, I thought you were 20, 13. I forgot. <laughs> all time Same. references are, are like, uh, like BC, BC. pre-Basti, before Basti, <laughs> after Basti. <laughs> Marcel, we should keep it. Okay, since you're not so, introducing the rest of us. Yes, I was going to introduce the rest of us. There is uh, Basti. <laughs> I'm 14 years old. But we're recording this during hours where it's acceptable for you to do that, right? Exactly. It's exactly. lunch, so that's okay. Oh, are you allowed and to there's Richard. Hello, Richard. I don't want your pity introduction now, Marcel. How are you doing, Richard? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for asking. So, uh, would you like to introduce today's topic, Richard? I can, if you'd to like me to. audience, yes, please. Yeah, all right. So it doesn't mean you're host. It's, it's like a pity okay. thing I'm giving you. A pity, 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 intro. pity intro, and then pity topic intro. Yes. Two layers of pity. Yes, what pretty a sad. Yeah, that's super sad. Let's go for it. All right, so today we're talking. We, we, this is a the topic that we've we've talked about frequently <laughs> off the podcast. I'm just gonna. I just wanted to leave a pause in there in case you died during my intro. This is quite the sabotage, Mister Hatton. Please keep going. All right. So it's something that we've been talking about a lot. But uh, one thing that fascinates us, especially from all our our, our different disciplines and where we're working at, is um, game launches. Uh, if you've ever worked on a game or worked on a big project, I mean, this is something that, that people that are, are not in the industry can also appreciate. But, you know, putting something out that you spent a lot of time on, 
is a is a nerve wracking and fun and interesting time in any game development. A lot of people think that it's just ship it out and you're done with it. Go to go to bed, move on to the next project, but. Uh, this is kind of a time where a lot of people reflect. So while we're always talking about kind of game launches and what we're doing for launches, one of the one of the uh, things to keep an eye on is how how other other projects launch, um, particularly when they launch rough. Uh, we've talked about you know like cancel games in the past and a yes. lot of ways that projects can go a little askew. Uh, it does happen. It's unfortunate, but it does happen. <clears throat> but uh, you know when a game launches and it's not in its ideal state. Um, different different teams will use different methods to kind of get that hopefully back on track or at least address some of those things. I mean, we're not we're not back in the back in the days uh, circa Basti nine years old where uh, <laughs> where we couldn't patch games. You know, um, nowadays you know support is expected past a game's launch. So we wanted to to look at a few games that had uh, rough launches or perceived poor launches. And kind of, kind of, what was wrong with the launches? First of all, like why, uh, why they weren't received very well, and then, and then what the teams did to, to make them better or, or address that. You know, uh, sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. But um, so, are we focusing more on the successful examples, or it doesn't matter? I think, I, for me, I just got a smattering of games. Uh, some of them are definitely more interesting to me than others, and I'm sure you guys remember playing games that that uh, launched rough or. I think we've all been part of a community where it's like a game has come out and you're like, oof, but you know. I remember the launching games rough, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> launching games rough as well, as well. So I mean, if 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 that's okay, then I would just kind of start throwing out games, unless you guys wanted to say something about the topic itself. What do you think is worse, um, like having a game cancelled on you as a developer, or yeah. the game is coming out and falls totally flat and everybody hates it? What do you think is is worse? Would would be worse for you for your personal morale? Oh, personal morale. I, I try not to, to care about that stuff, but I think game game canceled is worse. Canceled means can't canceled is something where it's like you, you, there there is no salvage, there is no uh, belief in the project anymore. It's just kind of like look, we need to drag this thing out behind a shed and shoot it in the back of the head because it's just not gonna you know it's oh, not gonna work this out. Is, this is family entertainment. Family, yeah. Uh, send it off to a farm. Upstate. Send send it to where Matt is. Uh, <laughs> Upstate Matt. Upstate farm, yeah. But but uh, you know, like a, a game that is that is received rough, especially uh, today when when stuff is coming out in early access and those their whole business models dedicated to putting out your unfinished game. Like I think it is amazing essential practice that is going to be crucial in the future for teams to get used to the idea of. Understanding what their flaws are, ideally when it when you hear complaints from from the the players from your community, it's stuff that you know that you also want to fix. There's not surprises that that's where you want to be, and you want to be able to 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 make a project eventually that you can be proud of. Uh, I mean, we I think it's a topic that's probably building up to a bigger podcast for us is like payments and and how games are made and and uh and why they're released early for stuff like that you know but uh but the reality is now like yeah you get your hands on some unfinished games or you know you can launch rough and it's all about that kind of road to to bringing it back and whether that's working out it's all valuable so i think i think there's lessons to be learned that you wouldn't get from canceled games yeah this this is a good there's a good point like you wouldn't get that kind of like post-mortem to that extent with a canceled game then with the game which actually launched, then maybe try to recover, never managed to, but there are a lot of like more lessons to learn out of that scenario than in cancelled game. Depends obviously a little bit to uh, the situation when the cancelled game was cancelled. Like some cancelled games get cancelled very late, some of them early, etc. Mm-hmm. How do you generally react to launch feedback, Nick? I mean, there are a couple of games that just... I mean, you have your list there. So. I got my list. <laughs> Don't look at them. Uh, yeah, I saw them when you when you <laughs> dropped it at the bakery. <laughs> um, you make my research sound so sophisticated. Yeah, of course, super sophisticated. Drop it's printed, it's out printed and on paper. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's folded. It's like good. in this day and age, something being printed means it must be super it's important authentic. because nobody does you that. Hear the paper rattling? It's authentic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about how much is there to to salvage. I mean, if it launches roughly, there's like most of the time, like quite a lot you have to fix and in some cases they just like don't salvage anything because they focus on the wrong stuff yeah so that's even worse then but if you manage to to turn it around and like fix the broken stuff then of course it's better to release it hmm agreed all right you guys ready for the first game 
Oh yeah, the first game. That's I'm not a gonna. Great game, I love it. Oh, I'm not gonna start at the top. Oh, okay. yeah. So for all these people, I was, my I was gonna <laughs> say I, I I bought that game on the, on top of your list. I think six times by now. Okay, well, you know, I think we've built it up now. Thanks. So no, please. Do something else. <laughs> Just cool. kidding. No, it's fine. It's fine. They're they're in no particular order. I think uh, I think uh, Basti and I uh, definitely want to dip into to Final Fantasy yeah. at some point. But I think oh, that that so is probably that is probably the most drastic. Yeah, that changed. So maybe we save that for one. Let's start with a nice, nice softball one. How about Diablo three? We have an expert in the room. I didn't do a ton of research. Uh, the only, um, the only points that I've put down as a prompt for Diablo two would be loot two point uh, the mm-hmm. auction house and adventure mode or other ancillary modes. Why don't you have error thirty six? It was like D thing, right? D meme for oh, a while. You, you, you tell me. Tell me about the launch of Diablo 3, because I didn't pick so it up. So Diablo 3 uh, uh, on PC, yeah. not on console, is an always online title. And uh, because of the auction house. And like because in Diablo 2, everybody just duped all the items. It was like it was it was Cheat Fest two, yeah. 2002 True. or something. I'm selling I'm still selling grandfathers. That's when like like it was everything was so was so that uh, um Cheated that by the end, uh, gold was no longer the currency, like the currency was what was it called Eye of, of Eye of Jordan? No. Like a ring. <laughs> it was like, hey, I can give you this weapon if you give me like 10 or 20 Eye of Jordan rings. Cause, Is this know, in 3? No, in 2. In 2, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so for 3, they were like, yeah, we're going to make this always online, you know. And uh, so when it came out, um, Blizzard, a young, scrappy, upcoming company, Blizzard, they turned out to be pretty popular with people. You don't say. Um, it was, I think, at a time, the fastest selling PC game in history. Three? Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody wanted to play, and uh, the servers were like, um, nope. Not, not like that. So uh, for a couple of days, they had major issues. It was hilarious to me. So I was living at a time in Ireland. When was it? The release of Diablo? If I had to guess, I would say... How many buses? May uh, oh, here we 12th go. or 14th <laughs> of 2012. But I don't know. You keep talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the, 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 the hot time date trick. Uh, so yeah, like during my entire time, I lived in Ireland for eight months. During this entire time, there was one, one single day where my internet did not work. Take a guess. <laughs> so everybody was like bitching, hey, my, the servers aren't working. I can't play Diablo. So I was like, I wish I could get that far to see the servers yeah. are working. May 15th, 2012. You were a freak. That's insane. It's pretty impressive. All right. It? So yeah, so you couldn't play. Servers were bunked. Yes. And that's error 36. Um, and that was a start. Uh, and then, you know, there were, there were tons of criticisms. Um, yeah. A lot of people said, like, so I think they were, like, some criticisms were unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were some that were, were super spot on. Like, one unfair criticism was, like, for whatever reason, you know, um, people thought that, you know, this is the next game from Blizzard after Warcraft 3. So, obviously, it's going to be, like, Warcraft 3. And there's, like, going to be, like, constant, like, big content updates or whatever. You know, forgetting the tiny little detail that Warcraft 3 is a subscription which Diablo 3 has not so yeah. so people were like well I played this game for 200 hours now and there's nothing more to do and you're like well you bought the game one time what do you expect ah. um, but the valid criticisms were uh, like a lack of replayability um, uh, obviously there was the, the auction house mm. uh, some people argue like if you're a conspiracy theorist related to the auction house that uh, at some of the higher difficulty levels like Torment and Nightmare or whatever um, I think the higher Torment levels like some bosses were just super brutal. Uh, you know, like a, a lot of people were like, "Hey, that's convenient. Like this game is really, really hard, but I can spend real money to buy better items." Mm-hmm. So there was that whole idea. Um, so yeah, uh, not not a great spot, obviously. You know, for for a game to like the sequel to one of the most beloved games in PC gaming history, probably. So how did they how did they handle this? And this is one of the most most interesting parts of this topic is is how they handled it uh, front facing to their to their community. Did they immediately address it, or was it like something? Was it a "you guys don't have phones" moment? I don't know what you're talking about. No, um, I think it took them a while to really address it because, like, internally, um, they were they were looking at ways to do it, and like, really, the game only came into its own with the release of the Reaper of Souls expansion. Yeah, yeah, which, the Reaper uh, came Souls, yeah. two years later, so I think. But they they slashed the auction house. They slashed the auction house with Reaper of Souls. Introduced Loot Point Two Two Point Yeah. Uh, point two is less is much <laughs> yes, less sexy from a marketing yeah. standpoint. Um, so the idea there was, hey, um, you know, there's going to be less loot, but more meaningful to your character because before, before, like, you, there were there was constantly like, with tons of stuff that you would get. You constantly have to manage your inventory, but <coughs> most of it was just trash that you didn't want <clears throat> anyway. So they said, like, hey, no, we will try to make loot more meaningful to your character, mm-hmm. to the class that you have, and so there's going to be less, but it's going to be cooler stuff. And I think they really nailed it. 
Yeah. So uh, with Reaper of Souls, I think Diablo 3 became finally an incredible game that some people may buy six times or more. You bought it six times? I bought it six times, I believe. How do you even accumulate six copies of Diablo? God, I haven't even bought it once. <laughs> Have you played I, it at all? No. You should. I think he's game. making up for all of it, yeah. Yeah, six. pretty much. Six times. times? I think six times. How? Five. Explain that to me. So I got the PC, I got the, the, the main game and the Reaper Souls collector's editions. Uh-huh. I got the game on Xbox 360, on PS4, on Xbox One, and on a Switch. Shocking. You but are, think, you are a whale. I think on uh, PS4, because of the stupid like PSN for different regions, I think only twice. Only twice. So there's that. Bleak. Bleak. Okay. So, 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 so somebody from Blizzard hears this. They should totally pay me at this point. They should, they should again. Um, yeah. Quick question. Do you know the release dates of the games you worked on as well as you know the from Blizzard games? Um, <laughs> uh, for a lot of games I worked on, I remember the dates, yeah. Oh. Impressive. So, uh, Anno 1800 came out April 16th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Star Wars Remember The that. Old Republic, the first game I ever worked on, came out December 20th, 2011. Could you check I'm not even. Uh, do you want to? Okay. I think. <laughs> this is the last weird uh, Marcel release date check I'm doing. We do <laughs> once a week. The Old Republic. Uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm used to I'm used to typing Kotor for some reason. Like it was a much better game that should have been. <laughs> Sorry, um, Kotor is a great game. No sea monsters in Kotor. All right, the Knights of the Old Republic released it. Yeah, July fifteenth, two thousand three. That's Knights of the Old Republic. Yep. Pleb. Why is it every time you uh, check a release date, you right, end I'll tell up you like with Forza Horizon Four or something? I'll tell you what. I'm gonna look up uh, our next let's, game. Yeah, let's, let's and you, you so, can yeah, look up the release date. I think we can say a game that very successfully recovered. But yeah, not a lot to of the point. But like these days, like fans of other games that are struggling, you point to Diablo and say, "Hey, why don't you just have your loot two point moment?" So, so yeah, essentially, because that's going to come up again. Like the the thing with loot two point was was a pretty good example of reorganizing a major game system and like launching it anew, like putting a push behind it. So yes, that's, that's and also like really like being willing to sacrifice a, a source of income with, with like saying, "Hey, we scrapped the auction house." Yeah. Um, and you know that that is again like something that is funny to me a bit these days that when, when I see people complaining, so Blizzard like still frequently has new seasons for for Diablo three, so they have different challenges, then you earn cosmetic stuff, yeah. and and you know, like there's new gear, and and people complain like that there's not enough content. I think to myself, you know, this game came out seven years ago, mm. it's been monetized three times, at launch with Reaper of Souls, and then for fifteen euros if you bought it the Necromancer, yeah. So it's kind of weird for me that people still constantly expect new meaningful content for a game that they can't you know, like you told them I told them you just let them know if you want new content in Diablo Marcel says fuck you no I said Wait, pay up family friend oh but sorry. you can't pay up in that game no so we're explicit problem. I can swear yeah um, we're marked as explicit on iTunes oh okay interesting we just wanted to you know ease you into it the right. floodgates are open now the floodgates alright so let's do a couple quick ones so we can get back before we before we get back onto the bigger ones, um, one that was interesting to me was Street Fighter Five. Oh yeah, that was rough. Any any Street Fighter fans here? Uh, not really a Street Fighter fan, but we played a little bit together. Yeah, and, I've, uh, I've witnessed. It's um, I it's pathetic. But I've followed the at work. Yeah, yeah, he he. Yeah, Marcel has beaten me once. That is true. Oh, yeah. Like you want to tell that story because you're so proud no. of that? No, I can tell that story. Look, if you guys wanted to see what like I could line both of them up. Uh, put a controller on the floor behind him and tase both of them. And as they were flopping around on the controller, they play about the same as they did when they were really trying. Uh, Marcel did property damage during that. And, this is uh, true. Yeah. It, it okay, was, now I want to know. It was it was pathetic. I mean, like I usually try not to. You know, you know me. I'm a positive guy. But uh, watching these two guys pick up a controller and just I think one of them bit the controller at some point, thinking a special move would come out. They just tried it at work. It was. Um, so yeah, I followed the uh, launch scenario of Street Fighter V closely, and yeah. it was a freaking nightmare. Well, it was it was rough. So I mean, the the <clears throat> the, the the story there is that Street Fighter V um, came out missing a lot of modes, uh, a lot of weird netcode stuff, a yeah. lot of a lot of just like it was it was essentially released unfinished, uh, and the the theory behind that is because of Evo. So um, yeah, it's timely because Evo just uh, wrapped up this weekend. So. Um, that is a huge uh, fighting game tournament for people that, that maybe don't know. Um, 
where it gets a lot of a lot of push, a lot of support, and that that tournament scene um, is is a pretty big community and marketing push for for fighting games. If you end up on Evo, you're able to to draw on a lot of fighting game fans and and really embrace that community. So they put that game out for that um, with just just a lot of modes missing. Uh, they they did eventually add a lot of that stuff in. They they fixed the the net code a little bit. They Put in a lot of their their um, their their cinematic story mode, their Mortal Kombat cinematic story mode, where Zangief flexes a katana. Uh, it, was that one any good? The no, it's super wacky. It's it's super Japanese. Um, what you made into? But buy, yeah, like, like some dollars. At, at at one point, that's a different Street Fighter. Buy Let's some not dollars. talk about that Street Fighter. Uh, at one point, someone uh, uh, tries to stab Zangief with a katana, and he just flexes so hard it breaks. And then he screams muscle power. Muscle power. Yeah. I mean, I've done the same. I doubt that. Um, so, so yeah, either way, they, they've they've put a lot of stuff into that game. I, I still think it, it catches a little flack with its monetization policy. Like, you can... They, they sell... A stages lot of and, right. they sell stages, they sell costumes, they sell yeah. uh, all that stuff, uh, and the currency that you earn can be a little limited. Um, and then, like they'll put in, they'll put in like you can get a beautiful Joe costume, but it can be like you're paying. I don't know if they changed this. this. Is when I stopped playing. Like you could, you would have to pay in-game currency to try to mm. uh, to get a chance. You paid in-game currency to fight the enemy that had a chance to drop a piece of the gear. Oh, to get and you couldn't, you wouldn't just get like you couldn't just equip beautiful Joe's head. Like you'd have to, yeah. By the way, Marcel, it's a video game. Who is beautiful Surprise Joe? Opening, beautiful right? Joe. Beautiful. Beautiful Joe. Say it with me. Beautiful Joe. I've seen it. I right. played it. I you think played for a couple it, yeah. minutes once. Oh, it's a great game. Beautiful Joe's all right. So so yeah, Street Fighter Five. Um, it's still doing fine. It was just at Evo. Um, I'm not sure how much of that is because uh, Capcom is is. Marching its corpse through Evo, but they, they just announced new characters, so Poison's coming back from from Final Fight and 4. She was in 4, I believe. Honda is back. Oh, yeah, Honda. Finally. Honda is no longer being disrespected. So how long was he missing? It's 5. He was in 4. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was in 4. All right, so that's just a, a quick weird one. Uh, another one that, uh, so that I would, think... How would, you, how would you rank its success as a comeback? I, it's it's weird. Like, um, it's not a huge, but it's solid, right? The fans are kind of happy. No, I mean, like that's the thing. Like, I think I think if you liked Street Fighter uh, and I you don't. were you were just a you were a Street Fighter fan, like you were playing that game. They never really left. But uh, in, in terms of like this was supposed to be the new kind of uh, accessible, you know, get back when that when it's when it's fresh, get everybody on board. Like, I don't think that ever really happened. I don't think it's super welcoming in the way that it was intended mm. to. Uh, to be, but um, but yeah, it, it, it's doing okay, and I largely think that's just because like Capcom will, they, they the game was solid when it released. It was a, it was in my opinion a good fighting game. Uh, I know fighting game fans are probably going to come at me for that one, but I I think it was a good fighting game. They didn't change a lot of that, and I think it just kind of coasted. I, it could have gone worse, but uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd put that right in the middle in terms of recovery. Uh, here's an interesting okay. one. I wanted to see what you guys thought of this. Uh, how about um, how about Fortnite? <laughs> wow, that's a, that, that's that's a tough. I mean, for how long was that game in in development? How many Very years? Long time. long time. Six, seven years or something. Yeah. And then it came out as the maybe maybe we already hit that point where the kids who are playing Fortnite today don't know that that came out it as a completely different know, game. Yeah. As a hard mode, PVE, save the world, save there. the world, right? Yeah. Which the I hear. story, which like thing, right? Well, that's the thing. Now you gotta, now you gotta fill in, fill in the youngling. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a youngster, Nick, uh, so you're very fond. You and, dabbed. Uh, yeah, you've dabbed. Well, put me on the spot here. You're very Fortnite savvy. <laughs> I never played Fortnite. No. I okay. Yeah, but just the avoidance. You look like the target audience for Fortnite, though. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, yeah, you get ninja sh- shirts and stuff. Your hair is blue. Thinking no, about <laughs> thinking about the situation where we put out the game is like okay, there was another success. You know what? Let's try something because whatever. It will probably uh, don't stick to a wall, and then we just maybe cancel it, whatever. But give it a last shot. Then they do Fortnite Battle I- Royale, and it's like oh my god, biggest game on this planet. Didn't that kind of happen during a internal game jam thing at, at Epic? I think it happened at an internal game jam at Blue Hole. <laughs> oh, right, <yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> no, I mean, well, that's the thing. So it came. The story mode was the the one it launched as yeah, yeah. in in early access uh, in a weird early access, yeah. right? Where yeah. the controversy was they sold it for forty bucks. Yep. It wasn't finished. It didn't say early access on consoles. Um, but uh, but that came out, and I, I guess it was was received lukewarm. I'd say like uh, there wasn't a lot of complaints about no, it was all right. Save the world, but yeah, it wasn't going to revolutionize anything. Yeah. And then uh, and then yeah, a, a couple months after that, they just tossed in the uh, the battle royale mode. And I believe when they first did that, they didn't make a huge deal out of it. No, they just like it, 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 it basically felt like you know, yeah, give a, it a shot because why not? Yeah. Yeah. So and then and then that went went gangbuster. So I mean that, that's a weird. I, I wanted to to just throw that one at you guys because I always thought it was kind of funny that uh, the game launched and then just completely completely changed. Yeah, I remember like uh, two or so years before it came out. Like in between, there was like another where where it came out of its cover and there was a round of previews and they were all very tepid. Like yeah. all previews were like, yeah, this game. I don't know. Like I'm not feeling it. So it was very, very. I was like, okay, this is surprising because you know normally, uh, Epic know how to make great shooters, right? Sure. Like, uh, Unreal, Gears of War, they know their stuff. So I was very surprised how how by the reception then came out, and uh, I played a little bit of uh, uh, Save the World, mm-hmm. and yeah, didn't really grab me. But uh, when when was the point during development? When was it when Cliffy left? Uh, I don't think I'm not sure if Cliffy ever really worked on, on Fortnite. To be honest, I think he worked on that one. Did he? Yeah, I think he worked on that one. I mean, Cliffy's with all of us. Yeah. It doesn't look Deep like down. a Cliffy He's B game. For, to be Cliffy B. all of us yeah. in radical heights. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like a Cliffy B game. No. <laughs> well, I have to look this one up. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he worked on on the for the first couple of years on Fortnite. But so, I mean, did, did Fortnite recover? I mean, you're the you're by far the person who's played the most Fortnite in this podcast. Yeah, two evenings. Mm, yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think you could say it's it's kind of recovered. Okay, but like, see, this is this is one of these examples. Um, uh, like, it's kind of like like similar to to Rainbow Six Siege, mm-hmm. which like you know it didn't have a bad launch. It just came out and was like, yeah, you know, unspectacular, and yeah. then it went on to become a gi- gigantic phenomena. And like Fortnite is the same, only times ten or whatever. Yeah. So like you know from. Yeah, this is a solid game. I guess it's kind of okay to, oh, it's the biggest thing in the world. And downstairs, so we, we, we work, uh, our studios in the mall. Downstairs, and there's, there's a, a, a news, a news agent. I think they have three different Fortnite exclusive magazines there. It's just like Fortnite oh. tips and shit. So, you know, it's, it's at that level of like social. How many of those do you like, subscribe to? None. I don't play Fortnite. Mm. The last time I played Fortnite was in December 2018. Stop doing the date thing. Yeah, yeah that's weird. <laughs> You're just gonna start doing it like last time I had lunch, July seventeenth. <laughs> like I, my lunch was interrupted by a bunch of guys who want to record a podcast. That's true. All right, so so the last the last four uh, that we're gonna talk about. Let's do let's do uh, perceived. Not my uh, not my take on it. Just I think community perceived. Let's go like kind of failure, success, failure, success. Okay. All right? So what did I say? Failure. Yeah, that way we can end on a failure just like we do all our other episodes. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Harsh. All right, let's talk about uh, probably the mildest uh, failure we got here. Uh, Fallout 76. The my, It's funny mm. enough that... That's, uh, uh, how long is it? Like, When was the game released, Marcel? Uh, November last year, November 2018. Oh. And then I tried to convince Richard for a long, long time to, to play it with me, and he didn't want to. And then... After a while, I had eroded him to the point where he was like, yeah, I guess. We can so if you remember how that true. game was perceived when it came out, yeah, up to this point, I would have never thought being in a situation where someone like you says the mildest, mildest example for not being so successful. It was a rough launch on a lot, oh, yes. on a lot of uh, a lot of things. So when when our first night, Marcel and I played it. Um, I think the bug was great. Yeah, we had a we had a bug where uh, nothing. Character base loaded for Marceau. Meaning, uh, so so we both came out of like a tunnel, and we were both like in an open, uh, open area, you know, like a highway, right? Um, and then Marcel's like, "I can't. Uh, there's no people around." I'm like, "We are surrounded by, by bad guys." And he's like, "I can't really see anything." <laughs> and he's like, "I'm taking damage," and he's just like, "On his screen, it's nothing." He's like, "I'm taking damage." I look over, there's at least like eight rad roaches just biting the crap out of him. It's just like, are there? Are there? Why am I? Why am I taking damage? It was pretty scary. I just I kept taking damage. I just kept turning in circles, just trying to hit everything with a melee weapon into thin air that I didn't see. 
And then thankfully, Richard, true gentleman and scholar and wasteland hero, saved me. And then when you can see my character... Is there, is there any proof of that? Because we you always talk about how bad he is at gaming, right? <laughs> yeah. I have a screenshot. Like we, we, have, we took screenshots of, like, of us standing together on one screen and on the other screen oh, there's cool. nobody. Yeah, he's, right. got his, he's, got, he's like hover-handing nothing. <laughs> so we, do, we, we took a lot of pictures of that. Um, for a while, my character would only wear underwear, which kind of matches how I play at home. So, I mean, that was fine. Yeah, I'm not sure it was a bug. No, it was I think it was just you're like, no, it's a bug. I can't put on. Yeah, I can't put on any clothes. It's, it's broken. So weird. So yeah. Um, so just uh, a little. Busted. What, what? Yeah. So what was? Why was? Why was Fallout seventy six so poorly received? Would you like to lay it out a little bit? I think it launched. <laughs> I mean, first we start. Look, if Bethesda is going to get out in front of people and send a letter and say like, "Hey, man, this game's going to be a little rough at launch." That should be like one of the seals breaking for the apocalypse. Like that is. <laughs> so I mean, they, they were less True. fun bug. I mean, look, look apocalypse. Seriously, please. man, can you think of a bug uh, aside from the one that we just mentioned? Uh, you, we both had a specific bug where we kept getting kicked from the game due to our very specific regional location and our very specific internet provider. Thanks, Unity Media. Fucking Unity Media. Fucking hell. But um, like that level of bug, stuff was crashing. Stuff wasn't loading. Uh, when it did work. Uh, you had a storyline, and the rest was just kind of maybe hope to interact with some some strangers on the map. The nukes thing is essentially oh, we killed a bunch of little other guys. Yeah, we killed a lot of the guys to get the nukes. But it's like uh, you could you could launch nukes. What's that do? Well, it makes some tougher guys come out sometime, and you get some better loot. What do I use the loot for? Uh, Wait, yeah. do you keep insisting that the like the the whatever it's called queen that you lure out with the nukes that she's just like a skyrim model or something that was the, it wasn't that uh it was it was um skyrim behavior so so she did a lot of the i don't even i remember reading that it was um that it was the same flight animations i'm not sure about that but i think like the the kind of sonic attack that she's doing looked like a lot of the the dragon stuff there's there's videos you guys can look it up call me crazy or call uh, wherever i read this on the internet crazy but yeah like the the um, flying whatever evil in Fallout 76 is supposed to be extremely close to to uh, Skyrim dragons. So, but that makes sense, right? If it's the same engine, why not? Broken mess. Yeah, sure. Faulty launch, broken mess, broken core game loop, abundance of content. But now, mm-hmm. well, before we get to now, because I also I, I wanted to ask you specifically yeah. about this, because it's also uh, weird busted community promises. Oh, yeah. I mean, where should I start? Wow. I mean, from general communication failures, promising the world, delivering nothing, to being constant, obviously, in situations where shit hits a fan, and then uh, you have a community uproar, and then not finding the right way and words to, to deal with that situation. Then you had stuff like the, the whole pre-order uh, debacle, the bus constant, like... I mean, the, the the common meme with Fallout 76 was uh, the gift which keeps on giving, right? Because every single day on Reddit, um, you could see that the situation is just getting worse. And it hit a point where I can say, I think when you have such huge dumpster fire, your only thing you can do is pull a late Sean Murray and say, okay, we're going to a full-on hiding mode now. Which they, never, just... they never really did, though. No, 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 no. no they, they, they keep on working on stuff, so like... Not, I, I'm not, I don't entirely agree with what you're saying there. Um, I think... I'm not sure, like, they, they didn't deliver stuff they promised. I think they delivered exactly the th- what they said. I think the problem was that not... Tell for a lot of Fallout games, what they delivered is not what, what they wanted at all from a Fallout game. I guess, I guess but, to everybody except for uh, people that wanted a canvas bag. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> no, we had, we had classic, classic situations like um, you having patch notes. And then a lot of the stuff which got patched um, was not included in the actual uh, patch note they published, which is most likely due to maybe some developers having the feeling that everything is burning around them. So Mm -hmm. they're making like overtime, not telling their boss or whatever. It's just like my presumptions, right? To fix something, to make the game better. But then um, stuff like the life ops teams or the community team do not get like proper um, informed yeah. about all the stuff which is changed with that patch and so that situations where then again the community gets a patch note oh finally something is coming oh they changed stuff which is not mentioned in the patch notes change balancing etc and get angry again so no matter what that's what I meant with like late Sean Murray mode just like at some point go on hiding just work on keeping keeping to improving and maybe stop even communicating I mean, I too much right? Like that, that, that's a strategy we'll look at in just a second but um, 
but they 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 very specifically didn't do that. No. Um, like they they kept uh, they kept talking about the bags. If if you guys haven't seen the rum bottles, oh yeah, should, oh yeah, yeah, Ooh. the rum bottles are hilarious. Um, which is a, is a rough thing because I mean the people that are going to order that are going to be the loudest about supporting it or not supporting. No, but you can give them that then because they're drunk. Because they're drunk <laughs> on rum that spilled through their their paper bag. With that, that Todd Howard just scrawled Fallout seventy six. I owe you one canvas bag. I mean, with all the the marketing PR issues, with from the canvas bag to the rum bottle to patch notes to oh, microtransactions are finally in the game, which affect gameplay. Yeah, like the repair kits, etc. There's one thing I must admit: they constantly worked on the game and never stopped improving yep, that game. That's right? true. Uh, the roadmaps were were very very public. No. Um, and I think they hit they most of hit their them. yeah they hit most of their stuff. Good. Maybe maybe a delay here and there, but. Um, and then, and then, what was it? Last E three, they they were gonna put NPCs back in the game because that's Couldn't that's NPCs, what it was missing. They gonna have battle royale. Yeah, we're supposed to say that. Battle right? royale, yeah. Every other game. You need a battle at, royale. At mode. Royale, yeah. I think. Wait, we I mean, still at E three, people just laughed at Todd Howard when when he was talking about how yeah how rough the start of the game was like the launch. Yeah, but but I think that's exactly how you do it. Like I think the best way to communicate something like that is. To acknowledge it, but you're like, 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 with like, because you make a joke at your own expense, you kind of like, you know, like take away the the fodder for people. So he came out, was like, hey, you know, it was eventful, um, eventful year. Uh, given how eventful it was, I'm surprised that a lot of you are even here. Yeah. Like that you are all here. I think that that's that that's, that's a great way to handle that pull communication. This one off, but still, like his whole way how he was presenting himself, even to the tone of his voice or whatever. Um, I think it was a little bit disrespectful and. But then maybe, like, this is for another topic, like, whole stage presentations at E3 and stuff, because we also <laughs> don't don't forget, like, what kind of people usually sitting in the audi- audience of uh, various press conferences, especially Bethesda is very notorious for, like, which kind of, like, how they work with influencers, press, employees, etc. So most companies make sure that for the bigger press conferences, they give the people sitting, especially in the front rows, etc., which are like either employees, influence, or whatever, which are very close to you. So that does not... They've all got phones. Because everyone seemed to be super happy and found the whole Bethesda thing, presentation, super funny. I found it was... You think there are plants? Yeah. Wow, conspiracy theories raining down. But yeah, so I, I, in general, Marcel, I agree with you. You can make a joke about that, and I think acknowledging that is good. But I felt it was... It's just the personal take. I felt it for, uh, towards fans and, and, and customers more a little bit disrespectful well, than, than funny. That's, that's the thing. Did you, like, you didn't even buy the game. But still, I mean... But towards customers. I'm not talking about towards cust- myself. I'm a customer and I, I thought it was great. But that's that's, that's, the, yeah, that's the thing, okay? You're so, hold on a second. Look, look at this. This is exactly why I brought up the the you guys have phones right moment again. That's the same thing. Like no. yeah, t- yes, it is. No. Todd Howard can get up there and maybe do a joke, knowing that his team has done some stuff to improve the game, knowing that the sentiment is better. Uh, but I think a lot of times, if we if we took a deep dive on on stage presentations, like Basti said, and saw people trying to make jokes on it, but there's a few of those that just kind of lay real still. They just kind of get real flat, and I bet. If there wasn't that improvement, if there wasn't a sentiment of people sticking around, that a lot of that, uh, a lot of that stuff, like, ha yay, guys, it's a little busted. Like, uh, sometimes I think you risk um, people just being like, yo, fuck you, you took my money. Well, yeah. everybody can do that. The, the thing is just that Todd Howard, like, like him or not, sure. he is a very charismatic presenter. I think he's one of the best presenters in, in like, at that level in the games industry. Whereas a ton of E3 presentations, so like I, this is this is my pet peeve. I'm very picky about this yeah. because of the work I do myself, and like because sure. I study rhetoric and stuff. A ton of E3 presenters are just not very good at all. Yeah, like there's people. And I, I find it weird when people go like, "Oh, you know, this is so cute and so mm-hmm. endearing." I think to myself, "No, this is this is just fucking bad." Like if you're at that level, you should be able to to talk about your product without mumbling, without stuttering, whatever. It's baseline. So that is that is to me the baseline. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Todd Howard is quite the character, right? He's he has great handsome hair. What? <laughs> wow! What? You are so in love with Before him. Before we no, it's just not like, actually. I think what he did was quite in character because I kind of expected Definitely. that from him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, it's just like the, there was some 
presenters that were just so awkward and like, they basically froze on stage. Yeah, it's like like a deer in the headlights. Like, so you think like, like where? Whereas I I think it would be more the situation to make jokes needs to be right. You think it's more in the skill of the presenter. Uh, no, I think it's both. I mean, obviously, yes, you're right. Like, it, it, it is much easier at that point to make a joke about it, knowing, as we said, like, hey, you've you've largely delivered on your, on your um, timeline, on your roadmap. Yeah. You've you've really improved the game. Um, again, like, despite all these stumbles that they still had, like, you know, with the microtransactions or missing patches, whatever, it is a much better game now. I think everybody yeah. will agree that Fallout seventy six is a much better game now that it was at launch. And obviously, in that situation, like with that kind of uh, uh, context is is much easier to to admit something right yeah whereas it is much harder to say hey uh, we really fucked up the launch if half a year later your game is still fucked up because you haven't done anything you know, then it's kind of sure. like I'm sure we'll have a chance for that in a second before we move oh, on it's not been half a year yet damn close before we move on uh, Nick give me a uh, give me an estimation of how many leather jackets Todd Howard owns see I'm kind of torn between twelve and one. <laughs> that's a great answer actually I like it yeah I thought you were going to go for 76 but you know no need to keep it on brand alright let's talk about I was, it's like it's like the most no we can't the, keep the talking about Todd Howard next to uh, what's his what's the guy's he's name? not a fanboy just, no, just guys in the audience no no no, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, like uh, what's his name I can't remember right now uh, uh, the, the CEO of NVIDIA who always also just walks around with a black leather jacket. Not Todd Howard. Not Todd Howard, guy. Join, join Marcel on Marcel's podcast, uh, the, the Howard games, cast. Games industry leather jackets. Okay, that. All right. Um, I like it. On a, on a more successful turnaround. No Man's Sky. Yeah, perfect. No, yeah, well, uh, I mean, this since is... launch, like, like, if you, like, the launch was a catastrophe. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example. Launch was a catastrophe. Then they went into their hidey hole. Uh-huh. Stopped giving embarrassing interviews. Stopped giving embarrassing, uh, uh, making embarrassing comments on on Twitter. Why were those interviews embarrassing? Because it promised the world. There you go. I mean, there is. To be honest, like for a long time, yeah, I made so many jokes about John Murray, and we 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 used him as a case study of what you never should do in interviews or whatever. Yeah. But I just say this because not as I have actually a lot of respect for him now. Really? The way he turned that game around, the way uh, the improved No Man's Sky, but also even the way he uh, uh, treats now or he, he engages now in interviews and social media, etc. Very professional, very clear understanding view what they're doing and what they're doing that. So I think that uh, No Man's Sky is a case where just everything around that game just turned positive. In a sense. I mean, turn, that is turn very positive. surprising to me. How? I'm surprised that anybody could like Sean Murray. <laughs> like he is like uh, all the things I just said I remember like when they announced No Man's Sky I think was on on the whatever Keeley Fest was called back then was the Game Awards already yeah I think when he when he introduced this game he was largely staring at his crotch rather than at the camera or the person he was talking to but these were these were his did, first interviews did, ever right like these like on know. his first project ever right he, he, he is not also, a PR person he, he did let's not mince words mm-hmm. he full knowingly lied yeah, yeah no absolutely I agree with you yeah, yeah. Yeah. like, like I remember yeah. talking to a, a German journalist where he said like you know he was at a at the review event yeah so like the game was done you know, re, 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 reviewers were playing the finished game yeah and he was still lying. He was like, no. oh yeah, there's this stuff happening in multiplayer and this that was not mm. there. And like, to me, that is mind-blowing. Yes. Like, first of all, that people forgive that shit. Because, mm. you know, I mean, it, we all know it happens a lot in game development. You say something and two whoa, years whoa, whoa, later, whoa. it's different. In this case, the game, the guy was sitting there and, and claiming that things what, were in his mean, finished game that what, was not What there. do you mean with, like, forgetting forgiveness? The thing is, we're talking still about a game and I know we have, like, uh, nowadays a cult around, like, certain personalities and, and things. I, we talk a lot about, like, the PlayStation 2 era. PlayStation 2, nobody was could could tell you who was the guy behind Devil May Cry or whatever. Right? We knew games. Sometimes we read their names in a magazine, but there were, like, different times. We talked about the games. We valued the games, how, how about their quality and how much fun we had. Well, nowadays you have this, like, weird cult that's all about the personalities behind that. If you just judge... No Man's Sky release and nowadays and how the company and how they, they worked with their community, how they did communication, etc. This is stellar. It's, it's absolutely That's great. That's insane that, that, that no. Mm-hmm. 
Like their communication was like, I'm gonna lie until people yeah, catch yeah. me, and then for a year I don't talk to anybody. Yeah, that's then they that came back. Too, that's everything was good. I mean, you're talking about ever. the turnaround scenario. Like this here, right? is this worst is the interesting thing ever. for me. Yeah, it was the worst communication. That's what I said. It was and probably I, these days when I he talks to before, people, he still looks at his own crotch. I said at before. The talking to. I said before. I used Sean Murray as a case study of all the things you shouldn't do or the the the, the wrongdoings in, in interviews and stuff, but. Then they went into the hidey hole when they came back. Uh, but I mean, isn't the game that... was better. The communication, like I read a lot, like I read a lot of like interviews and tweets and stuff where they talked about the game, what they improved now after they came back from that hidey hole. Yeah. And yes, I give them credit for that. I'm not sure. Uh, for I, the thing that I would give them credit for is is that all of their ludicrous promises that that dude just seemed to blanket throw out there, almost all of those have been actually no. put in the game. Yeah, in, in a real in a real fashion. Yeah. It took them it took them a long time, and during that time, they were unreachable. Um, the game did not launch in early access. Yeah, you know. So I, I think I think a lot of that rage is absolutely justified. And I, I mean, I'm not sure. Like the the interesting shakeup to me is exactly what you said. Like before this, as a community manager, I couldn't see you advising anybody to just say, "Look, don't get on Twitter. Don't issue a statement. Yeah. Don't do anything. Become invisible." Would you still tell a team to do that today? Yeah. You you there there are situations where you'd be like, look, don't don't say anything. Yep. Wow. So yep. would you say it would have been better to put it in early access? Look, or? I'm just saying that, that that removes another layer of excuse from them. I think it's hard to do that because they were going for a console release at the yeah. same time, and back then I don't think a lot of those early access programs had launched in the same way. They were going for a box product. Um, yep. But when you when you don't release an early access, you take away the Oh, it's we're going to build it in later. You take away all of that 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 benefit, and nobody was prepared for that. It's just like Marcel said. If you say there's going to be multiplayer, you put the game out. There's no fucking multiplayer. So the thing is, what do you usually want to have in a, in a situation in a critical situation like this? You want to have ideally a good community PR team, which has very very focused communication. Um, for everything they put out, they have a very clear understanding of what they want to say. They have a very, uh, they have an emergency plan, etc. But yes, many, many times in my career, I've seen scenarios where a fire got even bigger because developers, often in case not because they wanted to do, like they wanted to do the right thing, said something, if it was on Twitter, Reddit, whatever, because there was this like community of angry people emerging and tried to somehow calm them down and make things worse. So in the situations like this. Keep the communication to the experts, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to damage control. Stay away from that kind of stuff, especially if you have, like Sean Murray, a track record and fudging up so many different interviews and stuff. Yeah. And concentrate on your game dev job if you are not the dedicated com- uh, communication person. Yeah. And if there's no one else who can do that. If you are surely, like solely the, the dedicated com- uh, communication person, then you might want to start to look for a different job because if you... We are clearly not good at this, but he's not just the communications guy. So I think in many cases we have instances where it would be better for the game if the developer would stop talking to people on Reddit and stuff, especially if they have a track record in messing stuff up. And often it wasn't good spirit. I had situations in my career where people like legitimately devs just wanted to make something better. Mm-hmm. They had people were angry. They understood. The, the frustration they went there they promised them something etc in the in the belief that this is actually what we can achieve what we can do without like having the whole like uh, implications outlined which usually your communications team has and that set things in fire in one instance even um, let the the stock of a company I worked for pummel for a bit yeah. so this this can end badly and I have no idea why Sean Murray uh, uh, was doing this I just think he was not up for the task and then when he was in that kind of like situation like a train ride which not, never stops like okay I have to go uh, that uh, a train ride up to the end to the train station and I just wiggle my way around interviews or whatever until it's over I don't he felt insecure in every single interview I watched him Sure. And there's a difference between a liar who is just like lying because he can't do it, he is not giving a shit, and someone who was clearly not up for this task. That's but, but see the other thing is that I, that I found personally a bit irksome about it is like you know when people go like oh but you know they're just small indies whatever, like this is a game that was published by Sony that was shown at several E3 conferences. Still small you know, it's, team, I mean it's, it wasn't an indie. Yeah, the yeah. publisher is Sony. Yeah. You know who, that, who that, is, that is not like it's just. But how, a small how hands-on indie game. could they have been? 
I think, you know, like considering how much they pushed you, I would expect, you know, they were pretty involved with that. You know, so they, they, they also, do you think, you think they were like, hey, where's the multiplayer, Sean Murray? He's like, oh, yeah, it'll be there. And then Sony was just like, yeah, cool. And he's not a fucking snake charmer. Like, I mean, yeah, I get it. But the, the, the point is, yeah. The point is, um, I, I can see a little bit of where Bastie's coming from. Like, the, the, these guys aren't uh, professional speakers. If anything, to me, the takeaway from that is uh, the importance of having a good community manager and good presenters. Buy Bastie's new self-help book, Shut Up, You Fucking Liar. It's on shelves <laughs> now. Um, let's move on. Right, I kind of wonder why Sony didn't step in then if they were so involved. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. That's the same question that, that I would have. But... Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, think at a certain point, probably for Sony, it was all more convenient, also more convenient to say, look at that guy. Sean, look at that guy. Sean built he, me. He gave those interviews. He told me he loved Cloud. <laughs> he didn't love Cloud. All right. Uh, let's do, what, what we said, one more success and then the, then the failure cliffhanger. Oh, come on. <laughs> what? You, you got your defense too. I'm just talking about perception on this. I think I think that game's been getting beat up enough. But uh, let's talk about Final Fantasy XIV online. Yeah. What a what a what a weird weird turnaround, Marcel. You love cat girls. What do you think about Final Fantasy fourteen online? I'm probably not the best person to ask about this particular. You prefer bunny software. girls. I get it. Nick, you play any Final Fantasy? Not fourteen, no. Perfect, Basti. Have you played any previous <laughs> Final Fantasies? Of course, yeah. What's Which the best Final Fantasy? What? What that? What's the best Final Fantasy? The best time one, for a list? God. Uh, this is, I, this yep. is, someone is saying six in the room. <laughs> Another one is saying eight. Uh, one uh, of them I, is I, right. I would go for seven, right? Oh, <laughs> but that, that's come on. Like he, he, he's of that generation. Yeah, yeah. I, also, get, I, yeah. Met, I never played Final Fantasy VIII. I just so what would you say is the best Final Fantasy movie? Uh, it's obviously uh, Altered Ch- Children. What's it called? Okay, Final Fantasy. It's not Altered Children. <coughs> Advent Children. Advent Children, yeah. <laughs> 14. I've never seen it. 14 launched rough as shit. Oh, yes. holy shit. But there's also like a, also a very common case study of a game that uh, uh, was a team without any uh, previous experience in MMOs. Uh-huh. Like from the actual core team of 14, there were not many people from 11 in that. Mm-hmm. They used an engine which was not quite up for the task. They focused completely on visual elements during development um, and completely forgot like the actual gameplay parts. The game was clearly not ready and not finished when it came out. So that was rocky in every single regard. Yeah. The game development can get rocky. And the and, and you got the expected result, a yeah. game which was barely running, visually great by that time, especially. Um, you had bad performance, uh, lackluster quests, if even quests made outside of the main storyline. You had no jobs, no complexity. So um, and yeah, they they pulled the plug. They let it, I think, go until like 2013. Yeah. They changed a few things and then a few things. A few things, no, like they changed even like they tried, I think, to to change a few things with like the first iteration of eleven, uh, of fourteen. Then they pulled the plug, went, yeah. um, to, uh, set the put the game offline and worked for over a year strongly with the community, by the way, mm-hmm. to um, bring it back as Realm Reborn. So and just to, just to give you a quick summary of that, every game area was redesigned and rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, the combat system was completely overhauled. All the classes were completely overhauled. A new soundtrack. They added PvP. They changed the story. Yeah. And now they're, they've just brought out their third expansion, yeah. right? So it's basically a new game. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what they say. I mean, like to the point where um, the, the cataclysmic event that, uh, that happens at the beginning of Final Fantasy XIV, I believe, is the yes, server reset. Exactly. exactly. For, yeah. the, for the first game. For the first Final Fantasy XIV. So a lot of people do treat it like a sequel. Um, it's it's amazing that they put that much work into it. Yeah, uh, the amount I'm, of respect and the way how they communicated yeah. this work with the community is absolutely stellar. It's a bit fucking rich to come from from uh, from Square. Yeah, uh, I really I always loved that where they would be like they would be like oh yeah Final Fantasy you know it uh, it either took us fourteen years to make this game uh, it was originally a Game Boy Color game that Nick was going to play but uh, <laughs> we decided to make it a PlayStation Five game 
Uh, Realm Reborn wasn't good, so we, we killed it from the ground up, uh, hired a painter to do all that other Please stuff. Please be excited. Please be excited. Wait, what was that? What was that? What was that? Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider, you only sold six You only sold six. Get the fuck back out there. Make me some more fucking money, Tomb Raider. Any Western game that we're making. It's okay, Final Fantasy. I'm sorry he scared you. Uh, we're going to get you a new job system. I don't care if it takes 15 years. I don't care if we have to fire eight Hitman teams. We're going to get you there. But yeah, and like like me shit talking Square yeah. aside, I, I I think that that is an insane amount of work. It, it is a re-release of that game. Yeah, uh, they did they did listen to it. It's kind of uh, it's kind of enjoying a renaissance right now. Like it's yes, a lot of people are getting into it. It's one of the only MMOs to still have players with a subscription model. I got into it back into it. I'm playing it right now. He's playing it right now. I'm not in this room, but zero bunny girls. Right Trash bunnies. But imagine, tell me one other game where it can drive in a luxurious regalia, open top, with four trash bunnies. What are trash bunnies? You have to tell them now. One, one other in. game. What? I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. Interesting. What the wonders, <laughs> what wonders life of trash bunnies uh, the, in the, the natural the, environment. The, so are we explicit now or not? Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, the name of the no, episode... We're curse, but we're not explicit like that. The, the name of the episode is Trash Bunny Rule 34. Um, feel free to... Feel free to Google. By the way, I would like to suggest that we call this episode uh, Saved in the Nick of Time. <laughs> no. No, that's good. All right, so okay. Final Fantasy XIV, they did, they did a lot of great things. They worked with the community, yeah. turned it around. Yeah. There seem to be people who enjoyed it. All right, let's take it out on a low note. Uh, I, I really uh, when we, th- we this just came talked up, about Final Fantasy fourteen. No, it's great. There's a bunny girl. They're amazing. Um, oh, no. like, this it was really weird. To oh, me. Like, no. I, that was like Here really like, this this crazy disconnect to me. Like uh, so, I got sucked into all the hype around the uh, what's the latest uh, expansion called Shadow what Shadowbringers. Uh, everybody like completely raving about saying hey the story's amazing. Like got rave reviews. And I thought like hey you know I, I should try this. And like it's been quite a while for me that uh, I had such a complete disconnect between my experience and like what I hear from other people. Like I haven't met a single person besides myself who, oh, like most people I know, love the game. Like you mm-hmm. know, they say it's amazing, and I played for like an hour. I hated almost everything about it. So that was a really weird experience for me. So I'm super happy. Like they did put in a ton of stuff. It's amazing that so many people enjoy the game now, and mm-hmm. it's getting such great reviews. But it was like really weird, like this this disconnect between like, are we playing the same game or not? I don't know. Did you already tell your shrine of Sylvanas Windrunner all this stuff? Or I don't have a shrine. It's okay. I've only heard you say for the horde no less than fourteen times since I've known you. Yeah, but you've known me for like ten years. It should be less. It should. Be, I should have heard it less. Uh, anyways, like yeah. we talked about my favorite Final Fantasy game. No, is fourteen? No. Which one? Like I said, seven. Seven? Yeah. yeah. What's yours though? Because I mean, I guess we kind of can spark some uh, controversy here. It's six. Everybody, everybody has a different uh, Final Fantasy that they love. Um, ten two. That ten two. Is, <laughs> ten, ten two is a million times better than ten. Thirteen x two. Also a million times better than ten. Come at me, ten fans. Write me Twitter. Com underscore Raven. Is thirteen better? <laughs> is thirteen better than ten? Everything's better than 10. 10 is my, 10 is my 10 personal least 13 favorite. is better than yeah, 10. 13 is better than 10. Soundtrack Blitz was awesome. Blitz Soundtrack Blitz was awesome. Gold drop nobody, nobody had to dodge uh, 200 lightning bolts. They just had to play as lightning. You can skip Hope's cutscenes. They had to barely play. You can skip Hope's cutscenes. You can't skip the laughing scene. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay, next game. That's right, next game. All right, because we're running low on time. Um, this is actually... I'm just checking to see if Marcel still has a pulse. Yes. And no, he is still a heartless monster. Perfect. Um, the, this is actually the thing that kind of spawned this topic for us. And I don't want to... The reason we saved it for the last and we don't want to spend a ton of time on it is because it's still kind of developing. But uh, but Anthem, the cataclysm is launched, boys. Yes, came out yesterday. The cataclysm is launched. That looks pretty good. Uh, pretty good for... Any other game or pretty good for Anthem? As in, this is the first time that they haven't completely shot themselves in their own face whenever they Both, open their mouth. Interesting. Well, you've already you've already made me promise that I will try it again. But yeah, for for those of you who are somehow out of the loop on Anthem, uh, it launched pretty rough. A lot of technical problems. Um, some of my favorites would be that uh, that using your starting equipment made you do more damage than using endgame gear. That was fun. Um, loot was uh, was. Um, <clears throat> Was a little a little messed up at launch. Uh, not a 
ton of content, some uh, perceived added extra grind uh, for stuff that um, that just would, was going to kind of pad out the length. Um, recently, they have they have just launched their their new timed event. Yesterday, um, so you're as you're, of the time of this recording, you're kind of you're kind of positive on Anthem. I'm 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 a little negative on Anthem. Um, and I get it. Like, I, it's sad. It really, it's 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 because I, I think the only time I get this negative about a game is when I actually, you know, see this amazing, amazing, amazing nugget of potential in there. Um, I think when That's the true. when the combat is working, when me and Matt were playing it, like it was like playing an Avengers movie. It was super cinematic and cool, and felt very empowering. And then every other second of that game, I wanted to to light my PC on fire. But it was, mean, trying, fair, it was trying to, to do fair, it for me. Was, yeah. it, was, it was going for it. So the game was it. also trying yeah. to light this PC on fire. So, so what, do you, what do you think about how they've handled Anthem? Me? Yes. Oh, um, could be better. Turn on the spin machine. So, uh, the spin machine. Okay, let me see. What I'll do. So, clearly, you know, uh, they've said several times that they're committed to, to this in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the first glimpse of that now with the cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it goes back to kind of what Nick said at the start. And like uh, with, with these launches, like the question is like, is there is there potential? Like, do you see something? And yes, Anthem, as you said, absolutely. There there are things. Yeah. It is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Like visually, it's fantastic. Wow. Um, the flying is just a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and like the flying is like one of those great examples of of Anthem being Anthem. It's like the flying is a ton of fun. So. They just have the overheating mechanic that constantly stops you from having that fun. <laughs> so, like in a way, that is a, that is a great example because, um, yeah, there, there's there's a ton of potential. And so it's like I kind of like the world. Uh, there's like it, it makes you curious about what's going on there and setting and stuff. But yeah, it, it just had a ton of problems. Um, I think my my impression for, for externally, if I had to guess, was that uh, it's kind of like like similar oh, to how. Damn it, Richard. Yeah, this one was on me. It's kind of similar to how the old Republic was. Um, that like for the first couple patches, you know, they they got you get you get into the spiral. Uh, you know, of, of I want to improve things quickly, but then I don't have time to properly test it, so I introduce more stuff, and then people complain about, hey, you introduced new bugs, and you want to fix those quickly. So it had the same thing that that the old Republic also had at, at the start. Like every for the first couple patches, everything they tried to improve or do. Um, it was always like they were at the same time shooting themselves in the foot with new bucks, new issues. Some of them, you know, being hilarious in the sense of like exactly the kind of stuff that a Reddit can can have a field trip with for like a week. But it's every. It was like every time. It was like I say like you know. Post, so yeah. yeah. So really, there's just just two things that you know like that keep me like positive on Anthem. One is my undying love for Bioware. Yeah, because they got, gave him a first drop in the games industry. So. I, I really, really, genuinely hope that they that they pull it out. I do. I yeah, think and the other thing is just like you know the the the, the um, again like the the potential is undoubtedly yeah. there, but most of what has happened at least until yesterday, yeah, it's it's so far it's not it's not looking like a great recovery for the patient. Like they will they may maybe survive, but like will lose serious use of damage, the legs or something. Yeah. Would you suggest that they buy Basti's book? Shut the fuck up, you liar. No. No. To me, that is the worst thing. Like, uh, so I yes, I, I see that some people. Not the book. The book is fine. I guess. <laughs> Fasty is the worst thing. <laughs> Let me proofread it first. Um, uh, no, I, 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 for, for me, like communication is super important. Like as you know, I, I'm, I'm, some, I'm very communications driven. Like that mm-hmm. plays a huge role for me in how I perceive a game or product, how the communication around it takes place. Uh, that's why I would personally, I would never uh, want, to, even if I had been interested, I would never play No Man's Sky before because I'd be like, fuck you guys. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think that being silent is is the way to go. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know it's one of those rough rough things that sometimes you experience working in this industry where people want information, you don't have information. If you talk to them and say, "Hey, I don't have information," we're still working on this, then we'll say, "Well, you're just telling us the same thing every time." And if you don't speak to them, say, "Hey, you're not telling us anything," you're like, "You can't win because sometimes it's the same people who complain in both cases, sometimes mm-hmm. different people, but whatever you say, you, you're gonna get hammered for it." Um, to a certain degree, I guess. Sure, you. I guess as a company, not as an individual, as a company, you deserve that because mm-hmm. clearly you put out a product that was not yeah. ready for launch at right. the time. And then you put out gameplay trailers that look nothing like your gameplay. Uh, I think the gameplay looked kind of similar, like the, the structure and everything. Mm-hmm. That was is, very much not what you, was there at launch. Are you hanging upside down in an ice cave, trying to get a fucking lightsaber at this point? Why? Because that is a hell of a reach. Like the Halo planets. 
fucking oh god damn it. some of that stuff so the, yeah I like I, I agree I, I want the game to be good when, I, I want it to pull it out release Anthem early March 2019 I, I want I noticed because it was like the, the, this was the game that I was looking forward to by far the most of the time and then it yeah. this happened I, got, I, got, I pre-ordered it and too. I had flashbacks oh, yeah, because the game before that I had probably been looking forward to the most was uh, Mass Effect Andromeda I was kind of hoping you say that I know I didn't remember it but okay I, I know I hate people who say the thing that they're most excited for is the game they're working on that's just that's just tacky what, what if it's true though isn't that what Todd Howard said yeah I think that's what he said I'm pretty sure uh, allegedly allegedly according to people who work with him Todd Howard doesn't play RPGs he mostly, mostly plays Madden just, which to me would be hilarious <laughs> he just sneaks into sleeping people's houses and draws Skyrim on their back it's just like hey Todd you RPG god tell me about the Norns and everything it's just like Dude, I just want to play Madden. Get the fuck out of my house. All right, so we we will see. We, I, I think what we do is uh, we all we all get out of here and play some uh, Cataclysm. Um, all right, yeah. and I will sure. I will save my 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 precious precious ball of rage for Anthem for another date, but it's coming. I give him a chance to recover. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fantasy I gave him a chance. And I pre-ordered the game. And the, yeah, in the meantime, I'll be playing as a bunny girl in Final Fantasy. Nick, do you do you do you have any any uh, anything to say on on Anthem or uh, any of the games? I'm, I'm still wondering about the trash bunny thing. Yeah, we'll, I'll show you. I, look, there's a lot of websites. Like. He'll show you afterwards. I have a folder. Oh, yeah. I'll show you. Yeah, I, yeah. It's on a flash. It's on a USB stick. It's a it's a claptrap USB. Oh, that's stick. the one you you forgot in medieval. Yeah, time. that's the one. <laughs> um, I'll make sure you get it. But yeah, that's that's cancel games. So do your host thing. Uh, so yeah, this was today's discussion uh, about not cancelled games, no Richard. Games that launched games in a week. poor state, and then sometimes they recover and sometimes not. Half cancelled This was Pro- uh, Projectile Lunchcast episode 6. If you have any feedback, please contact us at projectilelunchcast at gmail.com. If you have any complaints or think that this whole thing sucks, please talk to Basti on Twitter at Bastian Thun. Yeah, T-H-U-N. Uh, talk to Nick on Twitter if you think maybe we should bring him back in the future. Uh, at not advisable. Just like following me because I got like oh, I'm almost at 30 followers, so that might be worth it if <laughs> you like, want to push like me over, over the edge. That's like 50 followers of Richard. Is it? It's, I'm not very good at math. No. Uh, you cannot follow Richard on Twitter because he's true. antisocial. That's not true. You can follow you me at com underscore raven. Oh, I right. thought you're at kidfisto. No, at kidfisto was my is my that's a side project. What about okay. Goatflip though? Goatflip, follow him too. Yes, yeah, so you can follow, follow him to the bar. Um, the only thing and I would tell like him you would like to see him. Ba- you would like to hear him back. You can't see him. Okay, we want to see him in here and back. The only thing I would like to hear is is um, is that uh, if there was any vibration during the podcast, it's because Marcel called me on my phone and set my vibration off. Continue. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, thank you. Uh, if you want to talk to me for whatever reason, you can find me on Twitter at com underscore raven. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for chiming in once again. We're looking forward to your feedback. And uh, Todd Howard did nothing wrong. See you next week. Open up that browser. We're looking at bunny girls. Yes. Be the old school. Yeah, old school. We the old school. Yeah, old school. Been getting that money for a girl, sweet as honey. Got me some roses and a little bling. I knocked at her door, she said, What you waiting for? I heard you was looking for a king. Been finding up here.